This summer, we're bringing you double Koi gig. I think the amount of high scoring has been a surprise to me because I thought that the teams were closer than what they are, but the powerhouses seem to still be the powerhouses. Subscribe to the OTB Koi gig pod on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Uh, we're turning our attention to the women's Euros with the quarterfinal starting tonight as England play Spain. I'm delighted to say we're joined in the line now by the former Republic of Ireland manager Sue Ronan to talk through the four matches. Sue, good morning to you. How are you getting on? How are you? How are you keeping? Good, yeah. Um, the f- I don't know, is it a fear really anymore? I think probably it's really good for the women's game if England do win this competition, particularly given a lot of our best players are going to end up playing league football with them next season. Um, but... There's a few hard games for them to navigate and the Spanish team who stand in England's way tonight um, might put it up to them. Yeah, I, I, look, I definitely think, to answer your first question, I definitely think it would be good for the game of England uh, win the tournament. I think it would be good for us here. Um, it would definitely have a knock-on effect. Um, we have many of our players playing in the league over there, as you know, and I suppose that's the first port of call for many of them looking to go professional. It's close by, It's um, there's no language barriers, you know, it's close to home, no food barriers, all those type of things. And it's the best league in the world, more importantly. But going back to the second question, I mean, they have been by far the strongest team in the in the competition so far and it's been a fantastic competition um records have tumbled on and off the pitch you know there's been record high attendances numbers of goals scored um numbers of, of searches on, on website number of attendances all that type of thing but more importantly the football the football has been absolutely superb i mean it's gone up a level every major tournament we're seeing it go up a notch and um England are certainly the, the front runners in that or the leaders in that. And yes, they have a tough game, a tough quarterfinal against Spain. Um, Spain play a different style of football. They play the typical Spanish, you know, short, uh, small, intricate passing, very Barcelona style. Um, many of their players actually play for Barcelona, but they've struggled to score in this tournament. Um, and they're missing two of their key players. They're missing Hermosa, who's their out and out number nine, and the Ballon d'Or player, Patelas, their number 10, uh, both injured just before the tournament. So they're huge losses to them. But, you know, watching them, I watched them live against Germany and Germany were just so clinical against them and ruthless. Two chances and they were 2-0 up in no time. Uh, Spain probably had a lot of the ball, most of the ball that game. But they, they didn't really penetrate the final third. You know, it was, as I mentioned, all that, that short, sharp passing. We're going lateral across the pitch. So I can't really see them hurting this England team. I think England have too many goals in them. They can score from anywhere. They can spring players from the bench who are really performing just as well as the, the starting 11 Um England are going to have a huge crowd, a noisy crowd. They're they're on a high. So, yeah, for me, I think England are going to win this game. Is there any concern that England haven't quite been tested by the opponents that they faced yet? I mean, they should have been, but it turns out they were too strong for their opponents so far. Yeah, for sure. They absolutely, they haven't been tested defensively. I mean, they've scored, they, they beat Norway 8 zero and that was the game I suppose everyone thought they were going to be tested in um, they struggled a little bit more against Austria it was only 1-0 and Austria did go at them you know put it up to the early doors um, and then they beat Northern Ireland well 
I think the centre of the defence for me has been a bit soft over the years. You know, that's been their Achilles heel. Um, they're so good in midfield. Their top four or five players are so good. As I mentioned, you could play any any player there. You know, one four could play this game and another four from the bench could play the next game and they, they'd be equally as strong and equally as good and they're scoring goals from everywhere. So they haven't been tested. Um, so what way they'll set up, I'm not really sure. You know, Spain will go go at them anyway. Spain won't sit in and, and sit in the defensive block and, and hope to catch them on the counter-attack. That's not the way they play. Um, whereas, you know, when England are defending, they're quite likely to be able to catch Spain on the on the counter because that's where teams have been catching them and that's where Germany caught them. Um, but yeah, yeah, pardon me, they haven't been tested. So it'll be interesting to see how they cope with that. But I, I do just think they're getting stronger and more confident as the tournament's going on. It's going to be a good... Um very good kind of advertisement of the game as well this for sure it really is and as I said when you look at the level of football and, and the way it's been played I mean Lauren Hemp who plays wide and normally wide on the left but she can switch to wide on the right she's only 21 years of age and she's won Young Player of the Year for the last four years in a row in the Women's Super League and what a talent she is and she'd remind you of the old-fashioned centre forward you know she, she has pace she she gets down the line gets crosses in off her right foot off her left foot pinpoint crosses and you'd love to be a centre forward you know playing with her and the team you have Georgia Stanway, who was the captain of the other 20s when they won, when they got beaten in the World Cup final in 2019. And I think she's one of their underestimated players. Um, she's driving that team on from the number 10 position or the advanced for advanced midfield position. She's probably not getting the, all the limelight that some of the others do, but she stepped up now and taken, I think, two penalties uh, in this tournament. No problem. Put them away for a young girl, only 20, 21 years of age. But yeah, I mean, I think that the, the football they're playing, the football many of the teams are playing, it's really superb and it's great to see. Just the the, the hurling on, on Sunday, Sue, like you can imagine future Limerick hurlers are eight or nine years of age now celebrating on Sunday and they, they have their dreams now. Like a, a lot of Galway hurlers would have come through from watching the team that's um, Joe Canning and all that. There, there must be some amount of young kids who are like so inspired by this and who are going to be like make it their goal now to be a professional footballer and to play for their country down the line. Absolutely. And of course, you see that in England because they're doing so well and there's such a high profile to the game over there. But you're also seeing it now here as well because our own national team, there's such a high profile around them. They're playing such great football. They're connected to the fans, as we mentioned the last time I was here. Um, so, you know, kids can see it now and we, we always use that tagline. You can't see it, you can't beat, it. And they absolutely can see it. And you know, the, the fact they're seeing such great football on the TV. I mean, I have my own nieces even who don't play football, but they're so inspired by watching girls playing in a full stadium, you know, and everything that goes with what you would normally see in a men's game. Um, and that for sure does inspire them. And I mean, I heard it was a Peter O'Mahony after the All Blacks, or the, Ireland beat the All Blacks last week. That was the first thing he said when he was interviewed. This is going to inspire the next generation. And, and that's what happens, you know. Yeah, they obviously feel that and they obviously speak about that too and I'm sure that's been part of the whole thing about um, this England team and a home tournament and legacy. The one kind of little wrinkle for all this is that their manager tested positive for COVID last week and wasn't on the bench for the last game. Talk that she might be on the bench for the game tonight. Um, I haven't seen an update on that just yet, but is that important? It kind of feels like it might be important. Yeah, you know, she if she's not on the bench, she is a big loss. I did hear yesterday she may not be, but I'm not sure. I think the, the isolation period in England is a little bit different than here. So potentially if she 
if she tests negative, she may be, um, but she is a loss. But from what I gather, um, like she's still keeping connected. I'm sure she's still at team meetings, you know, via vir- virtually as such. Um, she obviously can't be on the training pitch, I'm sure, or um, I don't know, maybe she can be in, in isolation, but I'm sure she's not. Um, but yeah, she's a big loss. But look, I think her assistants and her whole team around her, you know, they've all worked together for a long time. I, I'm sure she's still directing the show and, they, they're just such a, a close-knit team now and, and they know exactly what they want and she's just brought something else to them that they didn't have before so it will be a loss for sure I think especially if things are not going right maybe you know she's the one that can change it but I think um, from listen to Arya and her assistant uh, after the last match he was connected to her during the whole game and I'd imagine that would be the same thing if she's not there tonight What, what system does she play? Is she stereotypical Dutch? Yeah, she seems to play that 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 um, Dutch system, the the four three three, but it's a flexible one. You know, it can you can have two holding midfielders with three advanced, and then one top striker, or you can have your wide players high and wide, and you know, um, with two advanced midfielders, which she tends to do. She's had Fran Kirby and. Um, Georgia Stanway in two advanced, say, eight and ten roles with Kira Walsh as being the, the holding player just in front of the centre halves. Her, her fullbacks get forward as the Dutch fullbacks always do. And I mean, that's a trend in the game now. Anyway, fullbacks are really a big part of, of the attack and play. Um, and then obviously, uh, there's a lot of movement up front. You know, as I said, these players are so good. They're all versatile. Uh, the wingers can, can change sides. Um, centre forward tends to stay. Ellen White tends to stay centrally obviously if she's up front on her own she'd make runs into the channels but you don't see her playing playing it in the wing for any period of time um but yeah like they, they really are they're they're a very very strong team and they're they're flamboyant and they're versatile and they're fluid you know so it really is it's a pleasure to watch them so they're going to win tonight that's your prediction I think they will win tonight yeah i can't see i can't see them not scoring goals you know and Will Spain even score? I'm not even sure Spain will score. I can see them winning maybe 2-0 or 3-1 tonight. And England and Germany are different sides as Ross is, is that right? Yes, they are. So, um, and again, you know, I suppose for the tournament, that's lucky because they're the best two teams in the tournament to date, although the French might have a different view on that. But again, I saw Germany live twice there in Brentford in the, in the group games and straight I, like I hadn't seen Germany for a few years and they you're probably aware they would have won the Euros five years and five times in a row like mm. up between I think two, 2003 2015 then they went into a bit of a downward spiral they've had to rebuild they've had um, a couple of different coaches um all sorts of things and every team I guess goes through eventually so they weren't really getting anywhere in major tournaments quarterfinals was the furthest they were getting I think in the last Euros and the last World Cup that's as far as they got um, and surprisingly, they were beaten actually in a World Cup game there in the last couple of months against Serbia, which is unheard of. But I've since read that a lot of players missed with COVID and different things, but they're still winning that World Cup group. But I, I was just struck by how real, how they, how they looked like the, 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 their old selves. You know, they were strong, they were powerful, they were physical, they were slick in their passing, um, they were direct, you know, clinical, ruthless, all that type of thing. So for me, they're the second best team uh, in the tournament at the moment. Um, Austria, they who they play, that's tomorrow night. Austria have done really great to qualify, as you mentioned, from England's group against all the odds, um, especially at the expense of that highly fancied Norway team. But do they have enough to upset Germany? And most of their players play in Germany, so they'll be familiar. But 
I don't think they really do. I mean, their only key player, I guess, or the main key player is our goalkeeper who plays for Arsenal as well. And she's done really well. But I think Germany will have too much for them. Um, it's interesting about uh, the, the German rebuild. It's obviously, you know, from a massive playing base and with the the background of the success that they've had. But like all these t- teams do struggle at, at some point. When they when they play England, if they play England in the final, who would end up being the favourites heading into that game? I think England are still the favourites. So the home nation, um, I, th- I think they could even be ranked ahead of Germany just at the moment. I, I think I think England would probably be favourites. Well, put it this way, their their own press would definitely make them favourites, and with that would come more pressure, of course. But you can never rule out Germany and, spe- and like what Germany have, England don't have. Germany have experience of winning those tournaments. Um, and the last time England were in the European finals, it was 09. And again, I was at that game and they were destroyed by Germany in the first half. I think they were 4-0 down before they could even blink. Now they were at a different level than they are now. And Germany were at a different level. You know, they're opposite ends of the spectrum. But England had big hopes going into the tournament. And of course, they had that pressure from home that they were going to do something. But within a blink of an eye, the game was over. They eventually lost 5-2. Um, you had the great Birgit Prince playing in those days. Um, so Germany know how to win tournaments, you know, and, and nobody's been talking about them coming into this. So I think that's been in their favour. They're sort of quietly going about their business. Yeah. But I, still, I still think England will be favourites and everyone will make them the favourites. But look, when it gets to that stage, anything can happen. Yeah. Um, I still think they're going to win, but you can't rule the Germans out. The hype would be uh, off the charts if that was to happen, if um, it could have an England-Germany final. Uh, Sweden against Belgium. Um, this game you think is going to be pretty close. I think so. This one could go all the way to penalties. Um, I think Sweden haven't been firing on all cylinders. Um, And so this game really is the most open of all the quarterfinals for me. Um, It's interesting. Sweden, the teams that they've played apart from Portugal um, have sat deep against them. Obviously, you know, trying to contain the Swedes and trying to get a result. And Sweden have really found it hard to break them down. Um, Their top players aren't really, haven't performed at the top level yet. Black Stenius is with Arsenal, um, you know, great young player who normally scores goals for fun. I think she might have scored one to date. Aslani, who's with Real Madrid, Rolfo, Barcelona, those players, Ericsson, their captain, who's with Chelsea. Um, you know, they just haven't hit the ground running just yet, but they do get better as tournaments go on. I mean, they've got to this stage now and that's all you need to do. You don't have to set the world on fire, I guess, in the quarters or in the group games. It matters now in the knockout games. But against Belgium, who will sit deep against them and who sat deep against Italy until they had to go and win the game, it'll be an interesting one, this one. So I, I think this could go to extra time and penalties. All right. And then France versus Netherlands is the fourth quarter final. And the good thing is that there's, these are night by night, so there's no uh, double games at this stage. You get to, to watch all yeah, of them. For sure. And they're a nice time for people to watch as well after work, eight o'clock kickoff. France have a very exciting team and loads of exciting players. You have Cascarino uh, up front, Diani, the pace they have in the wide positions. Um their, their striker who's starting to score goals, Katato. I mean, there was controversy about her. She was left out of the World Cup squad, but she's back in this time. But France, you know, for me, France have a bit of a soft centre. I'm not sure they have the, the bottle or the metal, whatever you want, you want to say, to actually you know, go to, to, to go as far as the, their team suggests they can. Something just seems to happen to them when the pressure's on them and everyone expects them to do better. There's always seems to be a bit of conflict with French teams as well. And those players left out and some players think they should be in and the manager obviously picks who she thinks is right for the, the squad. So there just seems to be a bit of a conflict there. Um, 
will they will they beat the Netherlands? I think that'll be a close one as well. It's hard to call that one because the Netherlands likewise haven't been firing on all cylinders yet. But again, they know how to win tournaments. They've won the 2017 edition. Miedema will be important for them. She's missed now the last two games of COVID. It'll be interesting to see how fit she is. Um, I hear they just lost Martins through injury. Now, she wasn't playing well. Anyway, she'd been out, I think, for a year with injury. So maybe not too much of a loss at the moment. Um, their goalkeeper has really stood up. She came in uh, for their captain in the first game who went off injured. And she's Van Domsler. She's looked really good. So hard to call that one. Um, yeah, hard, really hard to call that one, to be honest with you. I, I'd say it'll go to extra time and I couldn't even call who's going to win it, to be honest with you, at the moment. Um, the Norwegian manager stepped down during the week after his team crashed out. Yes. Bit, bit of a surprise that they crashed out so early, but I suspect that if you have a, a team as talented as that and you don't do much with them, then it's kind of inevitable that you're going to end up leaving. I think so, yeah. And I think also the way they were beaten, you know, the 8-0 by England really hurt them and would have hurt him a lot and hurt his his reputation, I guess, because there was a lot said about the fact he didn't make changes during the game and and, and all that. Um, they were hammered, like they were destroyed by England. They really were. It's just like they fell apart. So they didn't just lose, like they were hammered. Um, so I'm not surprised that change has happened to be honest Okay um, so much made of uh, Aga Hegerberg in the build up but didn't really perform in the tournament No she didn't and she didn't look you know she didn't there was so much made of her and she came back obviously as we know she retired after the last uh, uh, Euros from international duty because I think she said things weren't right there within the camp or the Norwegian backing or whatever I don't know what was going on but anyway she came back and she seemed to be doing well she seemed to have settled in but she never looked comfortable to me, you know, I think her demeanour, even besides the game against England, I just thought there wasn't something right. Now, I could be wrong there, but um, yeah, she definitely didn't perform anyway. Um, and, you know, none of the team did. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting to see what happens there next. How would we have done if we qualified here? Do you know what? I've been saying this to myself and, and I think we would have done well. Um, obviously, the group we would have been in, if you look at it the way it was, because Norway really, or sorry, not Norway, Northern Ireland beat Ukraine um, in the playoff and we were beaten by Ukraine. So you take it that we would be in that group. England are, are definitely on a different level. You know, I think at the moment we would struggle against them like all teams do. Certainly the way Norway have played um, and the way we're playing at the moment, I wouldn't have feared them. And you know, I definitely wouldn't have feared Northern Ireland and that's no disrespect to them. We've, I think we've beaten them on every occasion. We've played them for the last 10 years. Um, I think we would have done well. And I look at teams that have come in maybe under the radar, like Austria, like Belgium, and they've performed really well. And other teams you would expect to have done better, like Norway, like Italy, they've been a huge disappointment. Finland again, another team. And again, we talked about it before. These teams were, were second, good second seeds a number of years ago. They're now on the slide for me. And we're a team on the up. So I definitely think we would have done well. If you, if you look at Sweden qualifying for the quarterfinals, like we've played twice against Sweden. Um, yep. They beat us once and we drew with them. Like, you know, we're not, we're not a million miles away here from this. Not, no we're not a million miles away here and again we said it before we just need to make that breakthrough you know and the team is playing with such confidence at the moment and such conviction and no, they don't fear anybody you know so I think going into a tournament now wouldn't phase them and you think about what would happen if they did qualify like I mean they'd I'm sure they'd have months of preparation together and all that so 
yeah, we just need to get there. And I think we would definitely quit ourselves well. And, you know, if we did qualify for the World Cup, it's it's harder to get to the World Cup because what is it, eight or 10 teams come from Europe uh, out of the 32. But when you get there, the group stages are potentially actually a little bit easier. Mm. Uh, if 32 teams, so you'd have a round of 16, obviously, but you're in with teams from the other confederations. And like some of the other confederations are, are definitely much weaker than Europe. You know, I, like that's I, echoed in the men's game now, Susan, where yeah. like basically it's kind of easier to win the Euros than the World Cup. I see it like in the job and the work I'm doing with FIFA. I mean, OFC, Oceania, take for example, uh, New Zealand have qualified for the World Cup as hosts. So therefore you've got the 10 other countries and they're the likes of the Cook Islands, Solomon Islands, Tahiti, um, uh, New Caledonia, countries like this who literally only get together for their qualification tournament. They only appoint, most of them only appoint their national team coach and activate the national team coming up to the qualification tournament. Now that's something we're trying to change because that's not good. Obviously it's not good for the national team and it's obviously not good for the development of football in those countries. But that's the level they're at, um, you know. So, you know, one of those is going to have a half chance of going to the World Cup because they'll go into that confederation playoff that we could potentially end up in. Um, but one of them could make the World Cup. So, you know, really, if we did get to a World Cup, I think it, it's definitely easier than the Euros. Right. There's, there's a lot to look forward to. One last thing I want to ask you about is um, we've talked about Hegerberg there. Who has impressed you then? Um, who's impressed me in in the in the term so far? I've been really impressed with Heger Hegering. I think that's the way you pronounce her, her name, Marina Hegering from Germany, centre half. Again, watched her close up, and I was just blown away with her. I hadn't realised she'd been at Arsenal a year or so ago, and I think she didn't maybe do well there. But she was just a super centre half, no nonsense, out and out defender, read the game well, really good distributor of the ball, um, strong player. She really impressed me. And then in the English team, I think, you know, you have the, the the stars, the Meads, the Hemp's, but a couple of the unsung heroes for me are those not getting maybe the same limelight. Walsh has been very good in the middle of the park here. Walsh, she's dictating the play, as is that youngster, um, Stanway, that I mentioned. So they've really been impressive for me so far. All right, two great stuff. Enjoy the rest of it. Thanks a million. We'll talk to you again soon. Cheers. Yes, cheers. Bye-bye. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. 